don't want to miss that. But today we're talking about baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so the first half of my message is going to be a bit technical. I just want to clear some things up. You've got to remember, we've been saying this through the whole series, that all of us come from different backgrounds, different experiences, different doctrine, different teaching. And God's melded us together. And now we've got to go, okay, we've got to clear some of this stuff up. So it's going to be a bit technical because I just want to make sure that it's clear for everyone. Is that all right? And then I might just preach the second half, but we'll see. Um, So here we go. Many people refer to the baptism of the Holy Spirit as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And technically speaking, that's incorrect. It's not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the baptism in or with the Holy Spirit. Because you, for all you grammar experts that correct me every Sunday, you know that if you say it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it means that the Holy Spirit is the one doing the baptizing. Right? Just a technical thing. It's the baptism in or with the Holy Spirit. Okay? So I'm going to show you this morning that there's actually three baptisms. You're going to say, what? Yep, three baptisms. And I'm going to break them down for you real quick, and I'm going to show them to you, and they're pretty simple, and you know them already. But the number one, here we go, the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. So does the Holy Spirit baptize? Yes, he does. The Holy Spirit does baptize he baptizes us into Jesus. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, I'll be reading from the New King James Version this morning, says, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. So watch this. I'm going to make it very simple. The Holy Spirit introduces us to Jesus. Pretty simple, right? The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us into a place to where we encounter Jesus And when we give our life to Jesus, we now become part of what? The body of Christ. So we've been baptized in Jesus, which technically means the body of Christ. That means welcome to the family. Can I say that? Welcome to the family of God. If you've given your life to Jesus, you've repented of your sins, you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, the Bible says you'll be saved. If you confess with your mouth, just to be technical, (laughs) welcome to the family. And by the way, when the Bible talks about baptism, it talks about a full immersion. So if the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ, and listen to me, because this is going to break the lie of the enemy, you belong in the body of Christ, fully immersed in the body of Christ. You see, the devil wants to convince you that you don't belong. Oh, no, 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 that's not real. Well, if the Holy Spirit took time to introduce me to Jesus and I gave my life to Jesus and the Bible says that I've been adopted, then baby, I'm adopted. I got some papers to show you. Right? So number one, the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. Number two, the disciple baptizes us in water. This is found in Matthew 28, 19. It says this, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is where we get water baptism from. This is water baptizing. This is for every believer has the ability or the right to baptize another believer. Jesus gave those instructions as he was getting ready to leave, and he told the disciples to baptize everyone that believes in water in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay? Some people get technical. Oh, it's got to be in the name of Jesus. It's got to be this way. It's got to be that way. Only the, the pastor can baptize. Well, the pastor don't baptize around here. We let other people do it. Right? It's water baptism. What, what is water baptism? 
Water baptism is basically a sign of what God's done in your life. When you gave your life to Jesus and you received salvation and you've now been adopted into the family, the Bible says that you've become a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Water baptism is a representation of the burial of the old man. Come on, somebody. That's why it's so powerful. Because <laughs> you get to go fully underneath the water and come out a new person and leave the old man down there. Come on. Y'all need to come clean the baptismal after it's over with. You'll see how many dead folk laid up in there. It's downright gross. I ain't going to lie to you. Got dead people all up in the baptismal. I better be careful. You might not want to get baptized. We do clean it with chemicals. <laughs> just to get the gravy off of it. But it's, it's just a real sign. You know, in, in, in the Old Testament, the, the nation of Israel, you remember when they went through the Red Sea? It was a type of baptism. They went, it, when they entered into the Red Sea, they were entering in as slaves. But when they walked through the sea and they came out and God closed the water down on their enemies... They came out of the water a new person, a free person. I'm not a slave anymore. That's what water baptism represents. And all of us need to be water baptized. It usually comes after salvation. I've been reading my Bible since we've done the Bible series. <laughs> well, good, Pastor. I'm glad you're reading your Bible. I didn't come out quite right. But I've been reading it chronologically. I've been reading it in the order that it was actually written and I've been stuck for the last several weeks in Leviticus and Numbers. And it's like being stuck in a rice field. It's like, and you just, it's the these and the thous, and they do this and do that and sprinkle the blood here. And if you do this, you got to do that. And I'm like, oh. and I'm going, but you know what I've learned? Is that God is a God of order. God is a God who loves things his way. But he doesn't keep it a secret. He makes it known to us that he wants things done in a certain way. And so I'm reading all this. And I'm going, man, you know, you're really detailed. <laughs> I made you right. <laughs> so, so the disciple baptizes us in water. And then the third baptism is Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3.11 says this, I, and this is John the Baptist speaking, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So imagine this, John the Baptist, remember, uh, wearing, I think it was camel clothes. Wasn't cool. It was sheep. It was animal fur. He was what he was wearing. He was decked out in some furs. And he ate wild bugs and, and he's in a river. Think about this. He's in a river and he's baptizing people. Repent of your sins. Repent of your sins. The Messiah's coming. Repent of your sins. And he forms a crowd and people want to see what's going on. And then he speaks to that crowd and he says, there's one coming after me who is mightier than I am. I can't even, I'm not even worthy to hold his sandals. He's going to come and he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, what I find pretty hilarious is that John's baptizing people, talking about the next baptism. Kind of reminds me of being Cajun. You sit down to a good meal, and you do what? You talk about the next meal. Come on, somebody. You know who you are. Every time we sit at a meal, we talk about what we're going to eat next. 
Right? John's baptizing people in water, and he's saying, hey, there's one coming after me, buddy. He's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. Two different types of baptisms. Water and fire aren't the same thing. Right? One is for the repentance of sin, and the other one is for the power to live a supernatural life. Two different things. Pretty incredible, right? Just want to be technical. Make sure everybody's got it. It's all clear. Anybody hung up on the first baptism into Jesus? Okay, so you're baptized into Jesus. You may have not heard that before, but it's technical. And so it just means you're saved. Okay? So to sum it all up, the Holy Spirit is the one who introduces you to Jesus. And then you flip it around. Jesus is the one who introduces you to the Holy Spirit. You see how they work together? The Holy Spirit brings you to Jesus. Jesus brings you to the Holy Spirit. It's important. Right? The baptism in the Holy Spirit is important for every one of us to have and to understand. We need to understand it. And for too long, many of you have not understood it. And maybe you gave up and maybe you quit seeking the truth and maybe you quit going after it. I just want to encourage you this morning, don't give up. Seek after him. The Bible says seek and you'll find. You'll never find if you quit seeking. Right? Baptism in the Holy Spirit. So there's a few things that are mentioned in the four Gospels. In all four Gospels, there's, there's about five things that are mentioned in all four of the Gospels, just so you know, the, the first three Gospels are called the Synoptic Gospels, which means they're basically similar. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are similar Gospels. You'll read them and you go, oh, I've read that before. Oh, I've read that before. But when you get to John, John's a little bit different. How many of you noticed that? John's a little bit different. The first three are similar. They're called Synoptic. The fourth one is a little bit different. It's just John's perspective. And so, but there's, there's about five things that are in all four of the Gospels. And I just want to show you this this morning. The first one is the birth of Jesus is in all four of the Gospels. The death of Jesus, all four Gospels. The resurrection of Jesus, all four Gospels. The feeding of the 5,000 is in all four Gospels. And the baptism in the Holy Spirit is in all four Gospels. Read them and watch and see what happens. And you'll see that I'm right. And, it, and I find that it's important... That it means something if when God breathed into man to write the Bible, that he made sure that these five things were in all four of the Gospels. Say it's important. It's important. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is important. Important enough for God to make sure that we got it. So let me show you three different things this morning. I want to show you salvation, water, and spirit. I want to show you these three things, and I want to show you how they're they're similar or how there's a lot of representation in the Bible that talks about the three baptisms. I'm going to do a little bit of proving it to you. So Jesus was our example, right? Jesus is our example. Would you agree? Say yes, if you agree. Jesus was our example. So did Jesus have these three things? Did Jesus have salvation, Water baptism and baptism in the Holy Spirit? Technically, yes. Jesus was born again into human form, okay? But he wasn't born again unto salvation 
You got to remember something. Jesus was born right the first time. Right? But, but we're born again. Salvation means that we've been born again. And, and you remember, I think it was Nicodemus. He said, do I enter my mother's womb again? That would be gross. He's like, no, 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 no. It's a spiritual birth. And anyway, cleared it all up. And so, but we're born again, the Bible says, into perfection, by the way. Not perfect in performance. You got to get this. Perfect in position. So when you're born again, you're not born again perfect in performance. You're born again perfect in position. Because the Bible says that when you give your life to Jesus, you now have right standing before God. That means that you can actually stand before God and not cringe anymore. Are you seeing this? You're not perfect in your performance, but you are perfect in your position. Right? Perfect in my position. You know what that says to the enemy? It says, shut up. (laughs) You've been trying to convince me that I don't belong for too long. Shut up. That's my new favorite word. I like to say shut up. Shut up. So salvation is when we're saved. The Bible says we're born again. We're we're now children of God. Jesus had a born again experience when he was born from his his first form into the human form. And by the way, Jesus was 100% human as well as 100% God. But he laid down his divinity and took up his humanity so when you read the scriptures, I don't want you to read it like Jesus was, was above everything else and he had just instant supernatural power. You're going to discover today that Jesus needed everything that he got and we need the same thing. Right? So was Jesus water baptized? Well, yeah, we know the story of John the Baptist. Jesus comes walking up. John sees him, goes, oh, oh, I'm not worthy to baptize you. Jesus says, bro, you got to do what you got to do. John takes him. Dunks him underneath the water, fully immersed, kadoosh, right? Pulls him out. Jesus was water baptized. So should we be water baptized? Say yes. If you don't believe me, just say yes. Make me feel good. Immediately when Jesus comes out of the water, the Bible says the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. It didn't say a dove landed on him. All you hunters are going, ooh. It said that the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. It means that the Holy Spirit came down from a place of on high and and landed upon Jesus and immersed Jesus. And then the Bible says that immediately he got out of the water and God said some pretty cool things about him, by the way, with his loud voice kind of rocked everybody, which would have been super cool to be there for that. And, And so God says some things. So Jesus comes out of the water, immediately goes into the desert to be tested. Tempted and tried. I find it curious that Jesus was first water baptized, then baptized in the Holy Spirit before he went into the desert to be tempted and tested. Maybe he needed it. Maybe Jesus needed the power of the Holy Spirit to live a supernatural life for 40 days when he was being tested You go 40 days without eating and see what you need. Say, Pastor, I just need a Snickers. (laughs) That's all I need. No, you need the Holy Spirit, right? Can I just kindly say to you today that if Jesus needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, then wouldn't we? Shouldn't we? 
But how many of us have been trying to live this Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit? And I just want to tell you, I personally believe the church is struggling today, a bunch of us, because we're trying to do what God wants us to do. He's called us to do supernatural things, but we've never tapped into his supernatural power and ability to do supernatural things. And so we're trying to do it in our own strength and we're dying. Look at your neighbor and say, you need some power. No offense, but you need some power. Jesus had all three of these things, and we need them also. There's a pattern in Scripture. It's a, it's a concise, clear pattern that God's given to us in Scripture, and he's laid it out for us, and I want to tell you today it's clear. It's super clear. He's not hiding it from us. I'm going to give you a bunch of Scripture real quick that's going to prove this to you. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 says that then Peter said to them, remember we're talking about salvation, water, and spirit. Peter said to them, repent, which is salvation. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus, which is water baptism, and you for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, baptism in the Holy Spirit. So watch the pattern. Repent, believe, be baptized in water, Be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You see it? Repent, water baptism, spirit baptism. Just trying to make it clear. Super simple. Trying to help you understand. Because I want you to get this. Acts chapter 8 verse 12. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. They were both baptized, but they stopped. They believed and were baptized, water baptized. Verse 14 says, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John, the two highest officials in the church in those days, the two main men, they sent them. Being sent means that there's a purpose for being sent. You see, the the, the apostles of the church said, hey, the people in Samaria have believed the word of God. Now go. Go what? Go make sure that they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they're going to need it. They sent Peter and John to them who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen he, for as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. It was important enough to send the highest officials in the church to go and make sure that they had the Holy Spirit. I want to say to you this morning that it's important enough for God to say, you need the Holy Spirit today. It's important enough for him to say, I don't care how many weeks you've got to spend on the Holy Spirit. I want this thing cleared up. I want it set straight. And I want my people filled with my spirit to be empowered to do my will in Eunice, Louisiana. It's important enough to God to say, you need it. You've been trying too long without it. You need it. 
Right? Need it. Need the Holy Spirit. They sent officials to go and make sure it was important. You got to remember, these are the guys that walked with Jesus for three and a half years. And they tried to do some things in their own natural strength. Right? Who did they? They sent Peter and John. Peter's the dude that just ran from Jesus. He rejected him. And Jesus restored him. Peter, the same guy that when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, stepped out and said, no, we ain't drunk. We're filled with the Holy Spirit and began to preach the gospel in 3,000 people. Those people were sent to make sure that the new believers had the Holy Spirit. I believe today the Bible is screaming. I hear the Bible screaming to me today that you need the Holy Spirit. It's screaming it. You need the Holy Spirit. You don't need to be afraid. There's nothing kooky or weird about the Holy Spirit. He's not going to embarrass you. He's going to empower you. I believe the saints that have gone on before us are hollering today. Come on, get the Holy Spirit. Get baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, when you tap into that power, you're not even going to know what what life is really all about anymore because it's just going to be supernatural and you've never discovered supernatural before. Acts chapter 19 says this, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? Now watch this. Paul comes, he's traveling, runs into some disciples. What are disciples? Disciples are devoted followers of Jesus. In other words, they've laid some things down to make sure that they're following after Jesus. You got to know these guys are these, are these girls, these, these people are serious about their relationship with Jesus, Paul finds them and he says the first question he asks is, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? I think it's important that that was the first question he asked. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Which I think they, they had a pretty incredible answer, which was so honest I believe some of us are just going to have to get honest today. Watch this in verse 3. Actually, verse 2, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism, water baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would Come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now, we talked about this last week. There's no reason to be afraid of tongues and prophecy. None at all. No reason to be afraid of that. It is a message from God. It is a gift from God. Are you following me? So they had believed and they had received the water baptism. And that's all they knew. Paul comes walking in the greatest apostle to ever live. 
Paul comes walking in, and the first thing he says is, have you received the Holy Spirit yet? I said, man, we didn't even know. Can I say to you that some of you today, and this is totally okay with me, are going, I didn't even know I was supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I had no idea I was supposed to be baptized. And nobody ever told me, listen to me, I love it that you're right there. And I love it that you're sitting here this morning. And that's, that's your understanding. Because I go, man, God can work with that. Right? God can, man, he gets up on that and he breathes on you. And you'll actually get it quicker than some other people who have been raised up in a, a weird tradition and got some bad doctrine. Because you see, bad doctrine, you got to go break it down and then build it back up. But people that come in and go, I just didn't know. God goes, hey, well, here you go. <laughs> it's brand new ground. Right? Is this making sense? If salvation and water baptism was enough to live the life God wanted you to live, then Paul would have never asked the further, any, any further questions. He would have just said, guys, I'm welcome to the family. I'm glad you're a Christian now. If, it was, if salvation and water baptism was enough, then, then there would be no reason for all this talk about the Holy Spirit. But let me clear something up. All you need to get to heaven is salvation. Let me say it again. All you need to get to heaven when you die is salvation. That means to repent of your sins and to believe in Jesus. You'll you'll enter into heaven when you die. To live a victorious life on this planet and to live the life and to get away from your past, you're going to need to be water baptized and then you're going to need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit To live the life that God's called you to live because the life that he's called us to live is a supernatural life. It's not a life that we can do in our own natural ability because if that was the case, then we wouldn't need God. God wants us to need him. (laughs) He might have been the one that wrote the song, I want you to want me, I need you to need me. My best rendition. God wants us to want him. He, he needs us to need him. He wants us to live a supernatural life, and he's called us to that. But he doesn't just call us to us, call, that, call us to that and then say, well, good luck. What does he say? Receive my Holy Spirit, and you'll be empowered to live this life. What's really crazy is that in Acts chapter 19, when, when Paul found these believers that hadn't received the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden they received the Holy Spirit was actually 25 years after the day of Pentecost. Because some people believe today that, you know, all that stuff in the Bible was for back then. We, we don't, you know, we don't get none of that. The gifts were for back then. The, the, the Holy Spirit was for back then. Listen to me. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, then we need the Holy Spirit. Amen? So let me show you the three again in Scripture. Are you seeing it? Salvation, baptism, baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's all over the Bible. 1 John 5, 7 says this, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, 
the Word, and the Holy Spirit. We know that in the book of John, it starts off with calling Jesus the Word. So that basically means that there are three witnesses in heaven that bear witness in heaven. It's the Father, you could say the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. So John tells us that Jesus is called the Word. So does everybody believe that verse? That Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit are bearing witness in heaven right now. It's called the Trinity. How many of you believe in that? Just, okay, show me your hand if you believe it, not if you don't believe it. Some of you are just like, Pastor, what, what you want me to do with my hands today? I don't know. <laughs> Three in heaven agree. They're bearing witness. What are they bearing witness to? They're bearing witness to the supernatural life. When you get saved, you become a new person. When you get water baptized, the old person is cut off, buried in the water. When you get spirit baptized, you get power to walk in the new. Let me show you something. You remember the thief on the cross? How many of you remember the thief on the cross got saved at the last minute? I mean, come on, that's the last minute. <laughs> I mean, you're hanging with Jesus, but not like you want to hang with Jesus. <laughs> Do you realize the thief on the cross didn't receive water baptism or even the baptism in the Holy Spirit, but he still entered into heaven? Now, I'm sure he would have liked to said to the guards, hey, can you take me down so I can go get water baptized? I promise I'll come back. (laughs) But that didn't happen. Jesus said to him, what? You will be with me in eternity. All you need to be saved is to give your life to Jesus. But to live the supernatural life that he's called us to live on this planet, You're going to need to be water baptized to get away from your past. And you're going to need to be spirit baptized to have power to walk in what God's called you to walk in. Pretty clear, right? I mean, I have beat the horse this morning. The horse is down. But he's still breathing. Some of you need a little bit more. So let me show you the three. There's three in heaven, right? Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bearing witness to the supernatural life. There's three on earth also. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1 to 2 says this. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. You see this? You see what's going on here? He's saying that that they were baptized into Moses. Now, you've got to understand that Moses was an Old Testament representation of Jesus, the Messiah who was to come. He was a deliverer. He, God used him to deliver his people out of bondage. Jesus came to deliver us from spiritual death into spiritual life. Moses was a type of deliverer in the Old Testament. They were baptized into Moses, into the sea, and into the cloud. You see it? There's three on earth that are bearing witness to what's happened in heaven. Can you throw up the the picture of the tabernacle? I want to show you something in the tabernacle. Moses was caught up in this cloud. He was in this cloud and God gave him a vision. The vision was to go down and build a tabernacle or a meeting place. It's just a fancy word for a meeting place with God. In other words, God said, I want you to build this structure. Gave very specific, detailed instructions on how to build it. And he said, in this structure is going to be this one area called the Holy of Holies. And that's where I'll be. 
And for you to come into my presence, you're going to have to come into the tabernacle or the meeting place the way I say for you to come into the meeting place. So watch, this is what would normally happen. You would come into a single gate. There was only one way in. So you would walk in through this gate, one way being Jesus only. The first thing that you would encounter would be this brazing altar of burnt offerings where the blood of the sacrificed lamb would be, which represents salvation. Then you would come to this brazen laver, which is a fancy word for a water pot, where you would wash yourself, right? And you would become clean. And then after this, this picture doesn't exactly show it, but after this, there's a flask of oil that they would be anointed with. So someone would take the oil and pour it over them completely. Then and only then, which by the way represents the Holy Spirit, then and only then could you enter into this place here, the Holy of Holies, where God's presence is. One way in, through Jesus. First thing you encounter is the blood of the Lamb. Salvation. The second thing you encounter, I'll show it to you this way. The first thing you encounter is the altar. The blood of the lamb. Salvation comes. The second thing you encounter is the the laven or the laver of water. The basin of water that there you would then cleanse yourself or cleanse yourself. And then there was the flask of oil that you would be anointed with. To then be able to. To go into this place called the Holy of Holies. And meet with God. Watch this. In his presence. Too many believers today. Come into the tabernacle and go. I'll take some Jesus. I got me some salvation. And we'll celebrate with you. Man we'll celebrate with you. And then they'll go. You know what? I'm going to follow that with a little bit of baptism in water. Dunk me baby. Dunk me. (laughs) As long as you got a heater in the pool, I'm going we some sophisticated Christians these days. You got to heat the water for folks to get baptized. It's like, come on, man. Ain't no heater when I was a kid. I just say we burn the demons off of you now. They used to freeze them off of us. But I just saying whatever. But then, but then to hear somebody say, well, guess what, man? I'm glad you got saved and I'm glad that you've been water baptized. Do you know that there's this baptism in the holy spirit that's going to give you power and they go yeah i kind of heard about that thing uh yeah i, I don't know you know just uh I, i'm gonna pass that one on by and i'm gonna come over here and get up in the the holy of holies but there's a problem with that you know what the problem is in the old testament when they would skip a step or not do something right, and they came into the Holy of Holies, they dropped dead. How many believers today are living a spiritually dead life? Because they've missed the Holy Spirit because they were either afraid, they were either misunderstood, or they they misunderstood the whole thing, or they hadn't been taught, Or whatever. So they're standing at the Holy of Holies trying to get in, and their spiritual life feels dead. And God goes, No, 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 no. Back up. Back up to where you stopped. Okay, you've been water baptized. How about you get my spirit on you? And then you come on in here to my presence and get you some of this. You see it. Now, can I kindly say to you, you don't get to make the rules? 
God does? Can I say that to you this morning? There is no reason in the world to be afraid of Jesus, to be afraid of water baptism, and to be afraid of spirit baptism. But the reality is that too many folks that are believers have heard twisted things, experienced bad things in the name of the Holy Spirit. And because of that, they're either afraid or they misunderstand or it's just not clear and they're missing out. You see the hand the enemy just played? Do you see his hand? He goes, you know what? I can't stop you from getting saved. I'm going to try. I, I can't really stop you from getting water baptized. I'm going to try. But man, if I can twist this whole thing up right here and get it all cassade and upside down and get you thinking it's all crazy, then maybe you'll just go, you know what? I'm going to pass on that. I'm going to pass on I Wrap my head around that one. But what's, what's the problem? What's the problem? The problem is, is because you passed up the Holy Spirit, you now don't have any power in your life. You now become a victim. You now become defeated. And you're trying. Listen to me. I know you're trying. I'm looking at you. You're trying and you're striving and you're working hard and you're reading your Bible and you're trying to read your Bible and in your own natural strength, apply it to your life and make it work. And you're, you're striving and you're going and you're working hard and you're getting after it and sweat's coming down your spiritual face and you're going for it and you're going for it. But you just can't seem to break through. You know why? Because you don't have the Holy Spirit. And he wants you to have the Holy Spirit. Because when you got the Holy Spirit, when you put your hand out, stuff happens. When you take a step, enemies run. When you say enough of this, it's enough. When you stand up as a man and you start to lead your family in the way that God wants them to go, they come. And you don't have to beat nobody. Come on, somebody. (laughs) I was in the parenting class yesterday. We, we was laughing because our mamas used to grab us by the ear and make us do what we... You don't have to do that no more. You just lead now with some power in your life and you look back and say, hey, y'all coming too? Are you seeing this? Because listen to me, God is going to touch Eunice and he's going to touch the surrounding areas with his love, his grace, his mercy, and his power. And he's going to use his people to do it. Do you want to be the people he uses to do it? If so, you need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Isn't it cool that The Holy Spirit brings us to Jesus. And then Jesus 
brings us back to the Holy Spirit. I find it pretty amazing that Jesus himself said, I got to leave. You realize what was in that statement? Jesus said to his disciples, I must go. In other words, it's urgent that I leave. Can I say it like this? I need to get out the way. Jesus said, I need to get out the way so that the gift of the Father, say that, let me say gift. The gift of the Father would come. His, His name is the Holy Spirit. Jesus submitted himself to God's rules, God's plan. And he said, my time is done. I've done what I needed to do. I established the church. I paid the penalty for sin. Now I got to go. I must go. Because the Holy Spirit needs to come. You seeing this? Man, if Jesus says he's got to get out the way for somebody else to come, you better watch out for who's coming. Can I get a better amen? Amen. Holy Spirit, your helper. He's your counselor. He's your teacher. He's your guide. He leads you into places of life. He leads you beside the running waters. He leads you into a place of no matter what's breaking down in your life, there's still some fruit there. He leads you into a place where there may be a war going on, but you got this peace inside of you. He leads you into places that you start to accomplish things that you go, oh man, how do we do that? You start looking back in your spiritual journey and go, how in the heck did that happen? He leads you into a place where your friends go. I grew up with T-Boy. He's a nuthead. That boy never done nothing right. What's all this? His wife likes him? Man, his, his kids is good. T-Boy ain't stressing like he used to. Man, why is T-Boy smiling? What got up? What got on T-Boy? Holy Spirit did. And now T-Boy that was once dead is now spiritually alive. And T-Boy got some power in his life. And the things that used to possess him and control him no longer have power over him. He's put him under his feet, right there where the devil's supposed to be, and he's walking on top of his old situations. Then he begins to grab folks that he loves. He says, come on, you come in with me. And he grabs another and says, you come in with me. And you come in with me. He starts to pull people out of the pit that he was in. Why? Because he's got power to do it now because he didn't have power before, but he's got it now. He's got power to raise the dead. Spiritually dead. 